Okay, welcome back everybody to Two on OSU. I'm Sam Hutchins, joined by my fellow beat reporter, who also happens to be my twin, Ben Hutchins. And Ben, we now cover a 2-2 two and two football team here at Two on OSU. The Cowboys just lost their first conference game of the year in Ames, 34-27 against Iowa State. Now Ben, we were there. We'll get into if Mike Gundy made the right quarterback decision, if Alabama did enough to keep the job, if the Cowboys' defense the last couple games is a major concern or a minor concern. But first off, we've got a, a major announcement to, to make and kind of some, some major props to give out. Ben, I know you've done your research. I know you know the answer. But for everyone at home who wants a dramatic pause, do you know how many times Barry Trammell's given blood in his life? 278 times Barry Trammell has gone in and donated blood. I mean, it, it might take me a, a while to count to that high of a number. So so certainly props to our own Barry Trammell. Um, Sam, there's a lot of areas where you want to strive to be like Barry Trammell, and this is certainly one of them. Here That's at right. Sello, yeah, here at Sello Crowd, we're partnering with uh, the Oklahoma Blood Institute, Bob Moore Auto Group, for a really cool cause. Um, what, what are we doing here at the Sellout Crowd, Sam? Well, we're trying to be like Barry, and that means get to 278. We're trying to get donors for, for the Oklahoma Blood Institute to team up and deliver more blood. It's just great. It's so necessary. And uh, it, it doesn't even take that much time out of your day. We're, we're all signed up for it at Sellout Crowd, and it is very simple. The best way I'll tell you to do it is just go to selloutcrowd.com slash OBI, and you can visit that website. There's a link. It'll help you to reserve your spot. And it's a, it's just such a great such a great uh, way to use your time. Maybe you uh, use it to to watch TikTok videos. Maybe you're listening to this podcast while giving blood. Ben, you know who knows what what the folks are doing, but we'd certainly encourage you to to be like that and um, be a hero. You know, it's it's possible to to be a hero. Yeah, really cool cause. You can also win a car. Um, so I'll just throw that at the end. That's also something pretty cool uh, to come out of this whole thing. But man, that weekend in Iowa State, what what are you thinking about the Cowboys right now, Sam? Well, I think the 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 concern off the top for the Cowboys is you start looking back to man, when, when's the last time this team has missed a bowl game again? And then you go through the schedule and you think, could it happen again this year? The the Cowboys are, are two and two. Um, the the last time they they missed a bowl game was two thousand five. Um, you know, in 2006 to on is OSU streak. I think it's sixth longest in the nation right now of uh, active bowl game streaks. And it's hard to say the, the streaks in jeopardy four games in the, the wins are still out there for the taking. But, you know, if you're, if you were adding up the schedule before this, Ben, you're thinking Iowa state, the Cowboys, that's one that, that you'd check off. If, if this team's going to, going to be a, a good team and make a bowl game, but the Cowboys, I think they played better than South Alabama, but they still did not play like a very good team for large stretches of the game. Ben, where do you want to jump right into it? Do you think the bull streak's in jeopardy at all? Can this team turn around? What would you see out of them? I do think the bull streak is in jeopardy. Yeah, I mean, you have to say so. On paper at the start of this season, a lot of people figured OSU could be 4-0 heading into the bye week to play Kansas State. Well, that didn't happen. They're 2-2. Two and two. Heading into the bye week with a lot, a lot to think about, a lot of, a lot of things they need to fix. And Sam, the last two times OSU's finished, two, OSU started two and two, they have made a bowl game. Twenty sixteen, yep. they finished ten and three, got really hot. And then in twenty twelve, 
OSU finished eight and five and uh, beat Purdue in the heart of Dallas Bowl. Sam, I think, I don't know, I, I think this season is more similar to that um, 2012 year where there was kind of a quarterback competition to start and, you know, a lot of things coming together still. Clint Shelf ends up emerging and kind of taking hold and really doing some solid things at the end of that 2012 season. I see the start of that, Sam. I see it right now a lot of different things still trying to take form, a quarterback competition going on. But I don't know if I see a Clint Shelf in the waiting to come in and take hold of this team and start winning a bunch of games late. So, yeah, I do think it's uh, the bull streak is in jeopardy. I mean, how, yeah. how could you not think that? And just a reminder, Cowboys, the first step to, to getting a bull streak, you got to finish 500 and have six wins. So that's the criteria OSU needs to hit. And in the past, I, I'm not great at math, 2023 20, minus 2006, you know, uh, the Cowboys, their streak, it's it's been such a, a formality before. But, you know, I, I remember even just back to last year, it, there were times where the, the Cowboys, it was just like, is this team going to make a bowl game, you know, and uh, the, way, the way they finished slowly. So, um, but it is notable, Ben, like you said, in 2012 and 2016, the last two, two and two starts for OSU, the Cowboys ended up pummeling Colorado in the Armed Forces Bowl and beating Purdue or pummeling Colorado in the Alamo Bowl and beating Purdue in the, the heart of Dallas Bowl. So we'll see how that all pans out. But Ben, you, you brought up the quarterback play. If there's a quarterback emerging, I don't pin that loss on Alan Bowman. I thought Alan Bowman played pretty well. I think he I think right now he, he played well enough to keep the starting job. Mike Gundy said he's, you know, pretty much not willing to volunteer that information and I wasn't really expecting him to in the post-game press conference going into a, a bye week where he'll have two weeks before he has to make a decision. But, you know, to me, starting Bowman and, and leaving him in, that was kind of the determination of, hey, they believe Bowman is the guy, and I don't think he played poorly enough to pull him. No, I mean, it's a risky game to play the, hey, who, who's this loss on game. But I, I think it has a lot more to do with the Cowboy defense than Alan Bowman. Um, that said, I wasn't inspired by Alan Bowman. He didn't do anything to to get me to to jump out of my seat and say, yes, like the Cowboys need to start this guy the rest of the season. I don't think this quarterback battle is ever going to be truly won, if that makes any sense. I mean, yeah. there's always going to be uh, some talk and some whispers of, hey, this, you know, there's, there's another guy right in the waiting there. So well, I think the, the deal is no one can win it because they're all pretty equal. You know, it's it's like... At this point, we've had a large enough sample size, so I'm with yeah. you, Ben. Yeah, and I mean, I, I said uh, in the last episode of 2 on OSU, what makes you think that after three games, there's going to be anything else to, to separate these guys? So I think Mike Gundy maybe said, look, we just got to pick someone. And uh, it sounds like he picked Bowman. After a great week of practice, of course, we're able to report on what we see on Saturdays, but we don't know how practice was, was going for Bowman. Maybe he blew everyone away there. Um, and that's what led to, to Mike Gundy picking them. He didn't really let us know that either. You know, why'd you pick Bowman? He seemed to keep everything pretty he said on Monday. He said on Monday he was going to rotate all three guys. And then it, it, it emerges Saturday, Bowman's the guy. But Ben, you're right. We cannot report. We, we don't have access to, to practice for the, the six days of the week that, that aren't, you know, publicized on Fox Sports 1 or whatever. But from, from what I saw in, in, in the three previous games, to me it was like, okay, was, well, was the quarterback battle kind of a sham then? Because if you were always going to go with, with Bowman, I don't think Bowman was the best quarterback in the quarterback battle. I, I would maybe say that that was more of a toss-up between Gunnar Gundy and Garrett Rangel. So, obviously, 
practice, you know, you get way more snaps in practice than you do in the game. But those those game snaps, they matter. And yeah. um, you could make an argument feasibly. Um, and a lot of people that are smarter than me at football and, you know, like Casey Dono has access to the playbook and knows receivers who ran wrong routes and all that. I'm sure they, they could have drawn up whoever they wanted after the three games. But to me, it seemed like, man, if you were solely using those three games as your criteria, Bowman, I don't know if he deserved it, but he played well enough to, I don't believe, be removed going forward. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Um, and at the end of the day, I don't think it was Alan Bowman that, that cost the Cowboys that game. The The defense is, is what I is what I wrote about Salmon. The defense is, is going to be what wins OSU football games this season. Yeah, it's it's kind of how the team's been built the last three years, and and I really see, um, I mean, if 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 uh, like Gunnar Gunnar Gundy Gary Rangel would have really made a difference out there against Iowa State with the way the defense played, I'm not so sure. So is it a major concern, Ben, or a minor concern the way Oklahoma State's played on defense the last two games? Because the Cowboys gave up 34 to Iowa State, gave up 33 to South Alabama, and that's not winning football. That the, that's not the type of winning football that the Cowboys need from that unit. So is it a major concern or, or a minor concern for you that this Brian Nardo defense has had some growing pains four games in? The most concerning part to me, Sam, is the way the Cowboys are missing assignments on defense. They've gone from missing tackles to missing assignments. Remember remember at the beginning of the year, the missed tackles were, were the really big problem and the talking yeah. point around the OSU defense. They missed something like you know, 14 the first week and then 16 the next. Well, they were down to four missed tackles uh, against Iowa State. But after a loss, nobody talks about the missed tackles. They talk about the missed assignments that led to touchdowns. Iowa State was catching the ball in space. Two of their touchdowns, Mike Gundy said afterward, we kind of handed them with, with blown assignments. One of them, um, you know, Epps uh, fell on, on the turf. That, that, that happens sometimes at Iowa State, but still just too wide open. So that is concerning for me, Sam, especially the fact that it's happened in the past two games, I think. Both of these 30-point margins or 30-point scoring from opponents have come because Oklahoma State's missed some assignments on the defensive end. It's interesting in terms of maybe it's a major concern now that that could be a minor concern depending on how how long Brian Nardo is is here at Oklahoma State and if he becomes a, a sort of Jim Knowles, just like there were major concerns with what Jim Knowles did, the, the last Oklahoma State defense coordinator who stayed for multiple years and was able to develop his scheme. There were major concerns with him that turned out to be growing pains for the Cowboys eventually, you know, leaching, reaching the land of, of milk and honey later later in the the year or three years, really, it took him. So that's something I'll be monitoring too. Is this just the growing pains you expect from a, a guy like, like Brian Nardo coming in and changing everything? Or are there going to be major concerns that keep cropping up for OSU? Yeah, you have to expect some of it, I think. Um, and Brian Oder is not going to tell you that. He's going to say that that it's all on him and, and, he, and you know they, they should be up to the standard right now. And that's certainly um, the hope. But I think the reality is with all the guys OSU lost in the secondary, not only last year to the transfer portal with you know, Jabbar Muhammad, but the previous year, going all the way back to, to uh, you know, McAllister and um, – all those different leaders in, in the secondary, Sam, are all gone. OSU's secondary is fairly young. And especially last week in Iowa State without Lyric Rawls, I mean, Cam Epps is a freshman going yep. out there trying to slow down Iowa State. 
and it led to some record Iowa State days. I mean, both of their receivers uh, who, who were burning the Cowboys had you know career uh, career highs in yards and catches. So it's it's certainly something that you have to expect, but I don't expect it to get miraculously better. I mean, it is something I suppose you can look at as the bye week comes around at what I think is a pretty good time. Um, but but who knows if this is something that the Cowboys are able to get cleaned up by the by the by the end of the season. Yeah, the bye week comes at a great time for for OSU in terms of a reset on the field, but also just a, a reset off the field of you know the starting two and two, not where you were supposed to be, and in what appeared to be a winnable. I don't want to say a winnable Big 12 because OU and Texas are there, but a, a, a winnable schedule where you were missing Texas and you were missing the team that just played in the national championship last year uh, against TCU. So to me, through I mean through through four games, it just feels like Oklahoma State's gotten off to to such a disappointing start in in a year where not that they were expected to be great, but a year where if they are great, it sets sets the Cowboys up so great for the future. But now. Maybe it will be, um, you know, again, if, if we throw Texas and, and OU out of the picture, m- maybe it's another one of these, these Big 12 teams that steps up and becomes the, the king of the hill for a little bit. Um, that, that Oklahoma State's kind of occupied in that three hole that will now be moved up with, with OU and Texas leaving. Agreed. I mean, this, this year had, had so, much, uh, so much on the table. It's a new Big 12. It's, it's everything new. And I think the word I would use to describe the Cowboys season so far it's just uninspired. I mean, it feels kind of like right back where the Cowboys were in the last half of last season when it just felt like a slog to score points offensively and um, the defense was was having some problems. So it's just it's just been an uninspiring start to the Cowboys season for me so far. Yeah, yeah. What is interesting is how the Cowboys were able to catch fire in 2012 and 2016, their last two and two starts. And, uh, you know, to, to varying degrees of effectiveness, but especially in 2016, re- really caught fire and turned into a great team. I'm not, I guess, so sure I see the bones of a great team so far for the Cowboys. I, I think that, I mean, Mike Gundy says they're all minor issues. Um, so maybe minor issues are the thing that, that kind of get, can get hammered out in two weeks before you play Kansas State. But that, that Kansas State game, if, if the Cowboys play like they have the last couple weeks against Kansas State, it uh, it, it won't be a pretty sight. On I, I I think it's an ESPN primetime game. You know, got to show up if you're Oklahoma State in that one. Yeah, and can you think to what Bedlam might look like? I mean, the Cowboys they've they've got to, they've got to figure some things out, and um, especially on the defensive end. I mean, it, it can't get worse, right? But but maybe it can. Um, I I don't see a. Uh, a shining, you know, a shining night coming through to, to save the day, kind of like Clint Shelf did in 2012. I'm just not seeing that right now. Yeah. Hey, real quick, can we talk about Brennan Presley? I know you had a story about this that, that came out, the five most interesting PFF stats. And yeah. a lot of times things that we missed up in the press box or that, that you missed on TV just because there's so much stuff going on, the PFF grades can can kind of help reveal some, some of the, 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 the more surprising things of like, wow, Brennan Presley – he was kind of quiet, or I mean, I, I know Brent Presley was one of your five notes, but what stood out to you about the the Pro Football Focus grades? Yeah, that's a good point. So, so Presley, Sam, he caught uh, two passes for I think nine yards, and that's his lowest yardage total in a game since 2021. I mean, Brent Presley 
has been such a consistent producer for the Cowboys. Yeah. And even more interestingly, the his production has declined in all three games this season. He started out with um, a touchdown and, you know, something like 60-some yards, I think it was. But in each game, he's had less catches and less uh, less catches and less yards. So that's certainly something interesting. After the South Alabama game, Casey Dunn told us, look, we got to get BP more involved. And I think they tried. I just think the matchup in the slot there was was tough for Brennan. And the Cowboys definitely seemed to go at this game with a, with a more run-focused attack, which we saw work to, to varying levels with Ollie Gordon breaking off that huge run, run along left sideline. Um, so I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure out what's going on with Brennan Presley, whether it is a, a scheme thing, if it's something he's doing, or if it's just the quarterback situation being fluid. We'll see what happens with BP. But some other PFF notes we talked about are uh, 17 pressures, quarterback pressures, and zero sacks. Sam Rocco, Rocco Beck for ISU, he was slippery back there. The Cowboys walked him a bunch of times, just couldn't get him on the turf. He uh, kind of came out of nowhere and surprised me like Rocco Mediate in 2008. My, my non-golf fans are going to have to look look that one up, but it was like, dang, Rocco can play a little bit, and he sure stayed upright. That That is the truth. But yeah, Ben, I just remember Brennan Presley two years ago, Mawson multiple Iowa State defenders in the end zone uh, for a huge catch uh, going into halftime, I believe, um, against, uh, you know, at Jack Trice Stadium two years ago. And it was just, he was a player I was expecting to have a big game after a, a quiet South Alabama game. I thought Casey Dunn would, would scheme up multiple plays for him early to get him going. They did that with Gordon, but but not so much Brennan. So there's a lot of things to evaluate for the Cowboys and a bye week comes at a great time. I know we'll be having content all the way through the bye week and, and getting Oklahoma State fans prepared for, for Kansas State and beyond. No doubt. And we even got some men's basketball, some some softball stuff kicking up. So we'll be bringing you all sorts of stuff from Sellout Crowd this week. Thanks for hey, joining. Before we close, oh, you know, we, we do want to mention uh, the blood drive. It, it's important. You know, it's it's not an ad read. It It is, uh, it, it is just uh, a thing that you can do to, to feel good about yourself and help out people that are that are in a bad spot. So the the blood drive, help out people, feel feel good about your day, take a few minutes to, to go sign up, and maybe you can win a new Kia Soul too, which would certainly help out yourself a little bit from the Bob Moore Auto Group. So thanks to everyone involved with that amazing partnership, and we encourage everyone to, to go out there and give some blood. It's a, it's a valuable donation that, that can really impact some lives.